0: Hi, it's Garen with Shamrock Roofing and Construction. Need a new roof fast? Consider Shamrock Roofing and Construction.
1: Our rapid repair team will get you a quote within 24 hours and will always repair before replace. One call does it all. Shamrockroofer.com. i
2: send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000.
4: Hey ESPN Wichita fans, let's live Groundhog Day over and over again. No, but really, meet us at Twin Peaks East starting at noon this Friday, 21st in Rock. We're back at the Lodge with the Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse with Pat Strothman rolling from noon to 4 this Friday, Twin Peaks East. Come enjoy their scratch-made food, 29-degree drafts, and we got you covered with some swag to go along with the scenic views. Friday, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. See you there. Ah, yes, that can only mean one thing. Our good friend Jordan Foote is on the line, deputy editor at Arrowhead Report, co-host One Royal Way. And hallelujah, the Chiefs did it again. They bridged the gap between football season and spring training. And if it's happening at uh, the Truman Sports Complex, Jordan Foote's going to know about it. And now suddenly, Jordan, within the last 10 minutes... We actually have some royal stuff to talk about. So you want to lead with that? You want to lead with the Chiefs? Uh, dealer's Choice, what do you think?
5: We'll lead off with the Royals. Uh, not to uh, directly compare the, the significance of both of those things, but I do think that uh, one of them probably deserves a little bit more time than the other one, I suppose.
4: Okay, you're right. You're right. But uh, it's worth talking about, the, the Adam Frazier signing. Uh, Jack and I kicked around the idea a little bit ago. Don't want to totally speak for Jack. Jack but I couldn't co- completely wrap my mind around the signing uh, with all the other players on the 40-man roster that pretty much play the same position. I'm talking about second base, so I'll give you the floor. What do you think about the Adam Frazier signing?
5: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I When there were reports that came out that uh, the Royals were looking for a potential lefty bat <laughs> to add to the lineup, Adam Frazier was not the guy that... I anticipated this seems like more of a uh, Dayton Moore era type Royals move where you're just adding guys that have high baseball character, have been around a little bit, have the position of versatility, kind of like Garrett Hampson, except Garrett Hampson has the speed factor. He has true positional versatility. I don't believe he's as old as Adam Frazier is, although Frazier's only like 32, um, but The mutual option part's fine. The money isn't really a big deal. It's nothing crazy. But this guy's been worth, you know, since his All-Star season in 2021, he was worth one win in 2022 and then worth not even uh, half a win um, last year. So I don't really get it. He doesn't strike out much, but he also doesn't walk a ton. There's not much power there. Um, I, I just don't understand. And the fact that you brought up, Royals already have Michael Massey, who, regardless of how high or low you are on him, he deserves the chance to compete there um, and get the job. This guy shouldn't be unseating him. They, they could have brought in, if they wanted to, earlier in the offseason some legit competition. That's without considering Hampson. That's without considering maybe you add a third baseman and move Michael Garcia over. Like, there were creative ways, Nick Lofton, um, to get guys up there that didn't really require bringing in adam frazier
4: okay so uh, since you signed hampson and frazier uh you're not going to flip those guys for somebody and i asked jack this just a minute ago does that mean michael massey's on the trading
1: block
5: um he could be and i personally have not heard anything with my kind of scrounging around trying to figure out anything it's been relatively quiet on the trade front i think that Um, You ask anyone, and and the odds-on favorite to get moved would still probably be MJ Melendez in the outfield Mm -hmm. um, if they do make a a significant one. People bring up Nick Lofton, and and people bring up Michael Massey, and I think there's still enough intrigue with Nick Lofton to where, on one hand, the Royals can keep him and say they want to invest in him as a future utility guy, but on the other hand, maybe the, the prospect profile is still fresh enough. He has the new car smell where another team wants him you flip over to Michael Massey this is just a bad time to trade him now if you think it's a sunk cost fallacy and you just don't want to field him anymore then by all means knock yourself out trade him for whatever you can but he had a really rough season last year and yes he did rebound and I do think the uh expected stats are a little bit nicer to Michael Massey he was one of the more unlucky players in baseball it seems last year But the power is solid for a second baseman. Um, He's giving you good defense, but the profile at the plate just didn't make the progress that many had hoped. So it depends on how the Royals look at him, Shane. If they think that it's not going to improve, maybe you cut ties while you can, and maybe all it takes is one team to like his profile. But on the flip side of that, he fits the timeline of the core. He fits the baseball character, the Royals' value. Um, He fits the profile, I think, theoretically, that they value. So, again, you are going to move the guys that you just brought in. You might move Nick Lofton. You might move Michael Massey. But suddenly there's a really big logjam in the, in the uh, middle of that infield.
4: So if you had to make a Royals depth chart right this second, January 30th, who's a starting second baseman and who only plays a couple of times a week?
5: I think it's going to be Michael Massey um, as the starter this year, and he's partially earned it. I think he also has deserved it. But with that said, I was kind of leading the charge of, hey, you can't have this guy be the unquestioned second baseman heading into the year. Like You have to bring in somebody or at least let him know, hey, if you don't produce, there's going to be something else. So he's going to be the guy, I personally believe. it. I want to say Garrett Hampson gets, some reps somewhere just because of the speed that he brings to the table uh, coming off a, a somewhat respectable season not old has the the positional versatility again can play in the outfield so he'll get a little bit of reps you bring up Fraser, you bring up Lofton it makes logical sense to have Nick Lofton get reps again you either put him in the corner outfield you put him at second base but because Frazier isn't a minor league deal that kind of makes it a more questionable thing. So I don't want to say they have to make a move because they don't, but if I had to put an order on it, I'd say uh, Massey at the top, then Hampson Lofton either starts the year in AAA or gets very sporadic reps or they're going to have to make a move somewhere else in order to accommodate such a a big logjam of players.
4: So just a few moments ago it came down and reports were that Samad Taylor – was traded to Seattle for either a player to be named later or cash. That uh, that was the vacancy for the moment at, on the 40-man that allowed uh, Adam Frazier to be signed, so that those were kind of announced simultaneously. Uh, mm-hmm. Samad Taylor gone. Thoughts?
5: It just didn't click for him, which was weird, because when he came over in the Whit Merrifield trade, that was the comp people immediately wanted to jump to, which is a little bit weird. I, I didn't totally see it, but a guy that is going to draw some walks, a guy that is going to bring a professional approach to the plate, not strike out all that much. He played pretty well in AAA in 89 games. He slashed 301, 418, 466. All the numbers were good. Flashed um, a little bit of pop, walked like 16% of the time. The walk rate mostly translated to... I think he had like a 30-game cup of coffee in 2023. Mm-hmm. Nothing else did, though. He, he just looked overmatched at the plate. He was striking out a ton. Part of that, you can chalk up to um, a small sample size, and maybe it improves over time. But also, he wasn't the only component of that trade. The Royals got a net nothing pretty much from Samad Taylor. They also got a net nothing, if not maybe a little bit of negative contribution from Max Castillo, who came up in 2022, um, flashed a little bit during that half season or quarter season with the team um, throughout the system then just didn't really get anything going so it, it was still a move that the Royals had to make I think in order to have a soft reset with the timeline and send a message with the organization but hindsight 2020 uh, they didn't get too much for that and if they wanted a guy that could play middle infield and bring a professional approach to the plate, they could have signed the actual Whitmerry Field who was out yeah. there as a free agent during uh, this winter.
4: Talking to Jordan Foote, uh, Deputy Editor at Arrowhead Report, co-host One Royal Way. Uh, anything that happens at the Truman Sports Com- Complex, he's going to be all over it. Uh, so let's talk about the Chiefs now. we got uh, a couple of weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl, so we don't necessarily have to dive into every little um, side story or play-by-play, blow-by-blow, mm. what happened against the Ravens. So with that as a backdrop as and as an excuse to get here, I want to get your thoughts on Kadarius Tony's rant on Instagram, <laughs> uh, claiming that he's not hurt. Uh, I'm paraphrasing there. But uh, what do you make of that? And uh, pff, not exactly great timing.
5: Yeah, no, Kadarius Tony hasn't played since week 15, so I, I don't think the Chiefs have been dragging out a fake injury report for him. Like, that's a pretty serious accusation to make uh, of a team, especially one like the Chiefs that uh, seems almost over-report sometimes as opposed to under-reporting. Their injury report always has a bunch of guys where their policy if you're getting some treatment on it and like it's a notable thing, like even the Patrick Mahomes ankle thing where he, he got it stepped on during the game or he had the finger thing, get things that guys won't miss games because of the Chiefs are on top of putting that in the injury report. So Tony had a similar situation, it seems, at the end of his Giants tenure where he went on and, and said he wasn't hurt and he was healthy and they weren't putting him out there. I think it's a Canary's Tony problem, and my colleague Joshua Briscoe over at Arrowhead Report kind of wrote about that on Sunday morning before the AFC championship game. you got to put the phone down, man, and look in the mirror and say, hey, I can't stay healthy. When I am healthy, I'm not being productive. I'm not being a good leader. I'm feeding into all of the narratives that got me out of New York, and I kind of was able to shed coming into Kansas City. Now they're creeping back up because the cycle repeated itself. So that trade was still worth it. He played a big role in the the Super Bowl. The pump return was awesome. He had some some flashes last season. Andy Reid claims that he's going to be back out on the practice field. The Chiefs are off today and tomorrow. Um, They'll be back on Thursday to install the game plan and stuff like that. So I expect them to practice. I expect them to be with the team. I expect them to say – the right things in terms of wanting to get him involved, and we'll see what happens. And all the typical um, Chiefs Andy Reid stuff. With that said, I would uh, be a little bit surprised if Kadarius Tony played anything more than a few snaps, if at all, in next week's uh, Super
4: Bowl. There's more than a few things to unpack here with him um, when it comes to his injury history, but when he has been out there, at least as a chief. This year, um, I, th- I want to say Josh Briscoe was the guy that uh, tweeted way back in week one, and it made me laugh but kind of cry at the same time if you're a Chiefs fan. <laughs> if he would have just batted down every pass that was thrown to him in week one, the Chiefs would have beaten the Lions. So yeah. with that as kind of a backdrop at, uh, when it comes to his productivity or lack thereof, Not exactly the most self-aware guy out there, uh, and especially right before the Chiefs played in the AFC championship game.
5: Yeah, it it sucks. And I wish I could find the – I think it was the ringer. They are pretty good about those EPA stats. He was contributing negative EPA uh, this season. Like, he literally was taking points away from the team, and the eye test shows that. The context of the game shows that. And I think the advanced stats do. When you are a gadget player – um, who has flashed the ability to do some stuff down the field? You know, in college, like generally, it's always been the idea of Kadarius Tony. It's never been the actuality of him. And then yeah. the timing lined up where that Jacksonville game last year, he adjusted his gloves mid uh, jump, got yep. in the air yep. down the field. That made everyone say, and this is kind of a, a, a psychology thing, I guess as well. Everyone said, "Oh my God, that is what Kadarius Tony can be." That's what he's capable of. That is consistently what he can do. Why don't the Chiefs do that? And then they just never did again because Kadarius Tony is mostly a behind the line of scrimmage. You're going to get him moving horizontally. You're going to get him going on a slant. You're going to run him on a mesh concept and get him on a crosser over the middle of the field. He's a limited player that couldn't really double his special teams because of the injury risk. He can't stay healthy on top of that. It was always the ceiling with him, which I don't necessarily blame the Giants for drafting him in the first round. I think I had a second-round grade on him that year. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan and didn't see the the long-term upside. You can't talk and act like you're you're this big man on campus or whatever key cog of a machine, when in reality you had 27 catches on, I think it was like 38 targets this year. You didn't cross the 200-yard mark. You only had one touchdown. The team stayed with you through all the injury stuff. Um, They handled it professionally. All you had to do was just chill out and let your personal (laughs) reason be your personal reason, sit out the AFC title game, come back to practice, and try to get healthy for the Super Bowl. And Instead, he couldn't do that, and it's unfortunate. And Like you said at the beginning, um, a little bit of, or a lot, of a lack of self-awareness.
4: And that doesn't happen very often, that somebody speaks out in uh, in the Chiefs organization or a a player uh, talking about the organization. Uh, Do you think he's subject to a fine?
5: Oof, man, that's – I didn't even think about that. And, like, the Chiefs are notorious for uh, bringing in players with uh, – you know, character concerns, I guess, is the easiest way to sum but up But they normally
4: do a good stuff. job of muffling those yeah, guys.
5: <laughs> exactly. They're good at keeping the personalities suppressed, and once something happens while they're on the team, they make a pretty swift decision on whether to continue employing that player or not. I'm sure, you know, it could be Dean Swift if they cut Kadarius Tony three weeks after this uh, rant or whatever, but I didn't even think about a fine from the team. I think definitely the... Proverbial Andy Reid doghouse. If he wasn't already in there, it could be an unofficial sign But in terms of an official thing, um, that actually wouldn't surprise me too much. I just never thought about that.
4: And, and the reason why I bring that up is it's not just that you're, you know, kind of talking out of school, but that gets into a, a kind of a gray area with the NFL. You know, yeah. that, you know that their ears perked up on that. That. Yeah, I'm on the injury report, and I'm being held out of games, but I'm not really hurt. Uh, The NFL gets involved, uh, and I'm sure Andy Reid got a call, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of the reason that prompted me to ask you that question.
5: Yeah, no, the uh, NFLPA and the NFL are going to say, hey, you know, we're we're trying to advocate for the player here. What's going on? Let's see your practice designations, your injury report. We're going to look into it. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened at all because, I mean, part of it is due diligence, but also – if you're assuming he was healthy <laughs> the entire time, that this all could have been mostly avoided.
4: Charles Amenihue, uh speaking of sucky news, uh, mm-hmm. Tori's ACL. So he's going to be out, obviously, for the Super Bowl, but pretty much all next year, too. Yeah. Uh, I was hearing on the Border Patrol that uh, Stephen St. John kind of ran, ran this up the flagpole. Is this an FAU... Uh, coming out party possibility you got a couple of weeks to crank him up and get him ready it's the next man up kind of thing and I don't know if it's necessarily Felix is the next man up but uh, after being a healthy scratch through the playoffs is uh is this a sign for him maybe
5: um I think it's possible and the Chiefs have said in recent weeks and I do believe them um despite my priors about FAU coming into the draft that he is a capable player, and it was just really a numbers game. And speaking of numbers, they show that. In weeks one through six, or I guess, yeah, one through six, he had 19, 16, 25, 13, um, 25 snaps. Then it decreased in that last game against Denver. He was playing significant reps for a rookie coming into the, the early stages of the regular season. And part of that, I think, was they knew that he wasn't going to play much once a minute who got back, and the numbers backed it up. Um, but also, they felt comfortable putting him out there for important games. And, yes, you could say the beginning of the regular season might not be as important, but at the end of the day, it's all wins and losses. They all factor into the standings and the playoff seedings and all that. So he could play. Um, a sizable amount of snaps are, I guess, considered to – compared to what he was, <laughs> which was nothing. He was a healthy scratch. Um, George Karloff, this is going to play a lot. Mike Dana is going to play a lot. Those guys are both going to be 75%, 80% of the snaps. They're going to get guys like Malik Herring out there. That is the one to watch. He played 20, or sorry, 24%, 14 total snaps um, in the AFC title game. He was getting a little bit of action in there. Maybe you take – half of that and and it's seven and six or ten and five or something like that or you make the flip and say hey bleak herring you're not going to be the guy or you institute a little bit of a load management thing in that game I just find it hard to believe that they're not going to stick to their guns and ride those horses into the Super Bowl in the biggest game of the year but that's not me saying FAU isn't going to play I think he suits up and dresses for this one I don't think that Frank Clark is getting signed to a one game contract like Twitter is <laughs> brought up. If it is a possibility, if anyone gets brought up, it's not going to be BJ Thompson. I do think that FAU could get in there in the Super Bowl.
4: Jordan foot talking, uh, chief football. Now they go back to the Super Bowl at foot noted on Twitter. Um, how in the world can John Harbaugh only give his running back six carries against the Chiefs? Can you explain that?
5: That's terrible. Um, it, it, I think Lamar, and we've talked about Lamar and where he stands among quarterbacks and his pluses, his minuses, all that stuff. It doesn't excuse Lamar's play at all. He was objectively bad. Um, he did not have a good game. I think he was a little, you know, wound up a little bit. He overthrew some passes. He started pressing a little bit, especially towards the end of that game. But they lost not playing the brand of football the Ravens have played all year, and that's the most damning thing. If they lost their way and they just couldn't keep up with the Chiefs offense and they were running the ball and Jackson just couldn't do the quarterbacky stuff enough that everyone keeps talking about, okay, that's fine. Maybe Spags speeds him up a little bit, changes the picture, That's fine. It's all excused. That's kind of who we thought they might be, but they just abandoned it. And it was a very weird game plan. Their drives didn't flow well together. Um, The receivers didn't play particularly well. It was a very Chiefs early season or even mid-season style of game where you would have told me coming into it, one team would abandon the run. Their wide receiver would fumble at the goal line. Um, The offensive line wouldn't have a very good day. All that stuff, I'd say, man, the Chiefs must have got beat by, you know, 14 points against the Ravens, not, hey, the Chiefs won a 17-10 game and that other team was Baltimore instead of Kansas City. So it was unfortunate that they didn't stick to their brand of football on the offensive side. I think defensively they generally had a really good game outside of those first two drives. Kyle Hamilton was everywhere. The defensive line was doing just enough. Um, The secondary did its job. But, man, offensively, and I wrote on Arrowhead Report, how does the AFC bounce back from this? And that might be a natural segue to to something else. But um, this was the year that Miami was supposed to break through. Buffalo was supposed to break through. Baltimore had the best chance. And now it's really Buffalo's cap hit with Allen is going to jump 30 million. Miami has a bunch of free agents, and they're like negative $60 million in cap space that they have to maneuver through. Baltimore had its best team in 20 years. Cincinnati was banged up. They have T. Higgins and some other guys hitting free agency. Like, man, regardless of how the Super Bowl unfolds, um, the Chiefs kind of slammed the door on the AFC but it seems to be wide open this year, which is unfortunate for all those other teams.
4: Which one of those three teams, I'm glad you brought them up, uh, Miami, Buffalo, and Baltimore, which one of those three teams' window got a little uh, close uh, closer to being closed? Which, which um, ones uh, suffered the most?
5: I think Miami. And Buffalo, you could argue, because they were playing tremendous football down the stretch, but also they might not have uh, should have been there anyway. <laughs> and that team, as long as you have Josh Allen, I think, to uh, – a lesser degree than Patrick Mahomes you're always going to have a chance as long as you have that that superhuman type quarterback um, Baltimore that one's iffy I think that they're just they believe it when you see it type team and with Lamar with a good defense and as long as he's healthy they're going to have a chance but Miami free agents on the offensive line free agents on the defensive side Tyreek Hill getting another year older getting banged up a little bit Um, The Mike McDaniel offense kind of losing its new car smell and that draw of being the innovative, creative offense. Tua still being the quarterback. Like, I think their window, this was supposed to be be the year that they um, inspired a lot of hope, and they didn't. So I would argue I'm not taking Miami serious at all moving forward.
4: You don't think they were ahead of schedule at all?
5: No, I I think this is it. I think this was the year maybe next year they – find ways to improve and I love McDaniel and I believe what he says when he thinks they're going to try to find solutions but um, as long as the quarterback situation is the way it is and barring a really masterful offseason from a personnel standpoint they're just going to lose a lot they don't have much money to work with I think that this was their big time year to set themselves on track and I'm just not sure they did it.
4: Have you had a uh, piece lately about the historic uh, run that Patrick Mahomes is on? Because it seems like everybody else has. You got around to yours yet?
5: <laughs> yeah, no, there are a couple, and I think I did part of mine on Sunday night. Um, Brett Veach called him a legend, and mm-hmm. just straight up, like, it was the biggest praise I've ever seen for uh, a player from Brett Veach, and it's all warranted. It's insane. The stats rival Tom Brady's both, you know, by the end of his career, if this guy gets to four rings, maybe like if he wins this one and then gets one more in the latter half of his career, and you could argue if he plays 10 to 12 more years and only gets one ring, somehow that's going to be disappointing, which is absolutely insane.
4: Yeah, it's um, crazy. He,
5: he's on the track to be the best quarterback ever i don't know if he's going to be the goat just because those arguments are always weird but at worst he's top five top seven right now probably pushing even above that which for a 28 year old guy is just simply insane
4: great job we will dig into the super bowl next tuesday the chiefs have afforded us that opportunity going back to the super bowl back-to-back years four out of five jordan foot talking all about it we'll dig in more on tuesday have a great week man
5: you too thanks a lot
4: all right, you got at footnoted on Twitter for all things Chiefs. Speaking of Chiefs, Jack.
2: You gotta fight for your right to
4: fight. There you go. 316-669-4996. Third caller. here to win the Kansas City Chiefs Bud Light Neon Sign. Brought to you by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light's official beer sponsor, the Kansas City Chiefs. Must be 21 or older. Enter 316-669-4996. Good luck. Ask the host.
1: Coming up. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Get in AutoZone. Auto Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. A bottle
2: of Gum Out Fuel Injector Cleaner can clean your entire system and help your engine get more MPGs. Right now, you can get two bottles for only $7, a great deal to help you go a good deal farther. Find Gum Out Fuel Injector Cleaner and everything you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6200 stores. Get auto zone. Restrictions apply. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate on
1: that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out, you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
2: Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake
0: Davis with a great deal on Pendleton, 1.75 liters, just $39.99. And Stellar Artois, 12 packs, only $13.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated.
1: Neighborhood locations with superstore pricing. Beware of the fog.
0: You're a Swiss from the
1: right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here.
2: Wow, what bull movement. They share it and they throw it down.
3: There's nothing like Kansas basketball.
2: A big time thundering
1: slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Tonight at 8, Kansas faces Oklahoma State on the home of the Jayhawks, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM.
0: Rosetta. Sweet
3: Rosetta, my.
4: You know the significance of this, Jack? Any chance? I don't. This was the last performance by the Beatles in 1969. Mm. This song. The Beatles as we knew them. Get Back. That was their last performance on this day in 1969. Beatles' last gig. Road to the Super Bowl is presented by Davis Liquor Outlet. Neighborhood locations at superstore prices. Find a location at davisliquoroutlet.com. 30 years ago today, Bills lost the Super Bowl for the fourth year in a row. And we alluded to this uh, Monday. Because a texter on the text line, 2470923, asked, there have been any other organizations that have made Super Bowls four out of five years? There's your answer, the Bills. Because they went four years in a row. So 1990, if you wanted to go there, 1995, if you want to go there, four out of five years. But 30 years ago today, they lost their fourth in a row. It started with... Wide right, Scott Norwood. Giants 20, Bills 19 in 1991. Then the then Redskins beat them 37-24 to 24 in 1992. And then back-to-back Bills-Cowboys Super Bowls did not go well for the Bills at all. 52-17, 30-13. So 91 to 94. Lost to the Giants, lost to the Skins, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Cowboys. Speaking of, Ask the Host now. Super Bowl version. Haven't played Ask the Host in a while. So uh, Jack, fire it up for us since we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. What do you got for me?
0: All right. It's a good thing we can start uh, on those Buffalo Bills. You know, four Super Bowl losses. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me? each of the touchdown scores for the Cowboys in the first Super Bowl defeat of the Buffalo Bills, 52 <laughs> The 52 to 72. game? Yes. Uh,
4: well, Michael Irvin had one. Correct. Um, Emmitt Smith, he scored. Correct. Did he score more than one?
0: Or am uh, I supposed to n- know that? No, you he did not score more than one. Let me let me double check on this too before you get your okay. next guess in.
4: Um I have a I have a guess for my number three here.
0: All right, so you got so far, you've got Irvin. Irvin yep. Mm-hmm. And he had two in oh. this game. Emmett Smith just had one. So you've got okay. two of them down. You are missing looks like
4: six others <laughs> F- scored 52 points 52 so that's 49 points. seven touchdowns so I'm, you are I'm missing short
0: two of them
4: four uh two. alvin harper catch one
0: alvin harper did a 45 <sighs> yard pass from troy aikman two of them are defensive touchdowns. Yeah, of course they are and
4: uh jim jeff coat no oh dang uh one was a Fumble recovery in the end zone, right?
0: Yeah, a two-yard defensive fumble return. And by the way, Cowboys kicker, Lynn Elliott. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: Sure thought it was going to be Jim Jeffcoat. Um,
0: You're on the right track. The guy's first name starts with a J. His last name starts with a J as well. Jimmy Jones. There you go. Jimmy uh-huh. Jones had a two-yard defensive fumble return. Who's and the other guy? Ken Norton, Jr. Oh, wow. Nine-yard fumble return for a touchdown. The and Bills... we all know
4: who should have had one. <laughs> yeah. Leon Lett.
0: Yep. So it would have been three defensive touchdowns in the wow. game. So the Bills had Thurman Thomas that scored. Uh, they also had Don Beebe, 40-yard mm-hmm. pass from Frank Reich. And that was it for Buffalo. They also had a 21-yard field goal from Steve Christie in that game. So Cowboys went on to win fifty-two to seventeen in that Super Bowl. Trivia question here: Same year, who did the Buffalo Bills beat to get to the Super Bowl?
4: Oh man, well one of those years. This is a sheer guess. One of those years they destroyed the Raiders in the AFC Championship game. So I guess I'll go with that.
0: Not that one.
4: Not that. Not that one.
0: one. <laughs> Not that one. But uh, was it the Chiefs? Nope. Um, think of a. Historically dominant franchise But not quite in the 90s More so in the 80s The Steelers Incorrect, it was the Miami Dolphins Oh, Dolphins okay. They won 29-10 to 10. Question number three Can you name me the teams That have not appeared in a single Super Bowl Jacksonville That is one of them can you tell whether there what, are there like six? Uh, there are four. Oh, only I'm four right.
4: haven't appeared in the Super Bowl. Correct. Cleveland.
0: Correct. Two more.
4: Houston. The Texans, do they count?
0: Correct. One more. Ugh. Don't overthink it.
4: I. The
0: very relative to today. The... God. You've got well, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Houston. This team should be an obvious one. Maybe the most historically miserable franchise. But they well, pertain to today.
4: Used to be the Buccaneers, but not. Uh, I don't know. Why can I think? Tell me.
0: <laughs> the Detroit Lions. The Lions.
4: I, of course. Of course. <laughs> Good job, Dan.
0: All right. Question number four. What two cities have hosted the most Super Bowls?
4: Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go Miami.
0: Correct on one of them.
4: And L.A. slash Pasadena.
0: Correct answer is New Orleans. Ooh. Miami and New Orleans have hosted the most Super Bowls. All right, see if you can get this one. What teams... Have only ever won one Super Bowl. Hint: There are five. Seahawks. That is one. Jets. That is two.
4: Buccaneers.
0: Uh, yeah. So actually, six. They didn't have this team written down, so this question must have been written before the Brady Super Bowl. Right. So we'll count that one. That is correct. Huh. So you're missing Um, three.
4: Did the Falcons beat the Broncos?
0: Do not believe so. They're not listed on there. That's not
4: correct. Uh, Eagles?
0: Correct. Two more here. Four. And one, both of these teams appeared in a Super Bowl post 2005. And in fact, not far apart from each other. But the one team that appeared post 2005. They won one back in the 80s. They did not win in their post-2005 matchup.
4: Oh. Um, I was going to say the Rams, but the Rams have won more than one. Mm-hmm. Or have they? Rams?
0: It's not the Rams. Uh, this team is known for small period of time of dominance for one side of the football. Back in the 80s. Mm, That's a good one. They also made a song.
4: Oh, the Bears. There you go. Yeah. And the last
0: one. Good hint. They won a Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Saints. There you go. Yeah. So there's your six. Add on to the Buccaneers there, of course. Okay. Um, Question number five, I believe we're on. What was the... No, I think it's more like seven. Oh, seven. All right. Seven. Get the numbers mixed up here. That's what right. was the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl?
4: Oh man, I should know that. Every sports guy ought to know this one. First wild card team, uh,
0: the Raiders. There you go. The Oakland Raiders yeah. were the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl. Question number eight: Which two starting quarterbacks won Super Bowls with two different teams? Brady correct and same era hmm
4: Uh, not Brad Johnson
0: nope don't overthink Uh it same era (laughs) Brady's competition
4: um God who would that be uh uh, I'm drawing a blank. Tell me.
0: Peyton Manning. Colts ah, and Broncos. And the Broncos, Also, I feel like we might have to fact check you there on the Buccaneers. They've won two, right? Gruden won one.
4: Oh, Gruden. And yeah, Brady, yeah. Right. So Because
0: they had yeah. Brady here with Patriots and Bucks, So, yeah, they were not on the list. But you got no, all reason
4: Yeah, there's a reason why they weren't written down. They, <laughs> there you go. They won
0: two. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. And I've got a great hint for it because it's so catchy. Question number... Oh, God, I already forgot. Is it An nine? Eight, nine eight, eight, eight or nine. Whatever. What solo singer First, perform the national anthem at the Super Bowl. My hint, he's also the artist of a famous Cowboys song from the 70s. Dallas Cowboys song.
4: Whoa. Dallas Cowboys song. I didn't know <laughs> they really had a song. Oh, huh? yeah.
0: It's very catchy.
4: Really? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me.
0: Charlie Pride.
4: Oh, the
0: great Charlie Pride. Yes. And for the last two questions here, I'll give you that song. The listeners who are Cowboys fans probably recognize it.
4: Or Charlie Pride fans. This is Charlie Pride.
0: Pride. (laughs) (laughs) I love it already. Yeah, it's good. Question number nine What player Uh, holds the record for most career rushing yards in Super Bowl games?
4: I think I know this one. How about uh, Franco Harris?
0: There you go. Franco (laughs) Harris, 354 total yards.
4: That will never be broken, by the way. Oh, my God.
0: Isn't it catchy? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Question number 10. What two teams are tied for the most Super Bowl losses?
4: Are the Bills one?
0: They are not. These two teams Whoa. have 5.
4: How about? How about? How about the Vikings? They it, lose 5?
0: No. These are two teams that are also decorated as well, but it's for how many they've been to.
4: Uh-huh. Cowboys lose five?
0: Nope. Wow. Two AFC teams here.
4: The Broncos lose five?
0: Broncos are one. They have five. This other one, they've been in so many Super Bowls, it's hard to keep track.
4: Does that mean the Patriots lost five? There you five? go. Wow. Were they win six, lost five? I like believe. Seven?
0: Yeah, I think they're six and five. Jeez. Unless they would have gone to a couple that I'm forgetting. So Giants beat him twice. Yes, uh, Eagles once. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh. So, Giants twice, Eagles.
4: I don't think they ever played the 49ers.
0: This would probably have to be pre-Brady, right? Because Brady. Oh, the Bears
4: beat them uh, in the Super Bowl shuffle year. They destroyed them. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, ESPN bet is now live in Kansas as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get a hundred dollars in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in game wagering, cross sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN bet. Download today. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What a play. Thank you, Charlie Pride.
2: I'm old Jack Young. Next. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back
1: on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com.
2: Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 516 9931
1: That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. Your home's in your head. You build it. Maybe your dream home is the home you already have. With interest rates going up, many homeowners are choosing to do a major remodel with the help of You Build It. Make your own choices, control your own budget, do as little or as much of the work yourself as you want, and have confidence that your remodel is done the way you want it. Call or text now, 316-260-2044 to schedule your free consultation or visit YouBuildIt.com. That's the letter U, then BuildIt.com. Your home's in your head. Four Seasons RV, where the fun begins. Embark on your next adventure with confidence in one of their quality
0: pre-owned or new campers. A family-owned destination for RV sales and services tailored to making your travel experience memorable and enjoyable. From family vacations to tailgating fun, their campers offer the perfect blend of comfort and functionality. Premium campers from Grand Design, Intech, and Alliance RV, all from Four Seasons RV. Visit them today by taking the surprisingly short drive to Abilene or online at kansasrv.com. Let good times roll with
2: Four Seasons RV. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. The Kansas City Chiefs
0: are going back to the Super Bowl. I, I don't like losing any any games. We always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset. Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building, and no one hung their
2: head. And everybody was ready to go, and now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM.
4: The prettiest thing well, the you can't ever play Charlie Pride now. True. You know, I'll nail that.
2: I'm old Jack Young. She's Pat's here. January
4: 30. that that be Tennessee girl there you go. trying to follow along? <laughs> heard this song, Pat? I haven't. I have
3: never heard this song. I don't think I
4: know who this <laughs> is, either. I don't think I do, either.
3: Popular? Is this a new yep. song? No, very old. Very old? So it sounds like it's
4: coming from the 90s. kind of sounds like Brooks and Dunn, but I don't think it's. No, I not
0: mean, Initials are SK. Yeah. Sammy Kershaw. There wow, you
4: go. good job. Over my head. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have guessed it any other way. But. Yeah, I remember him. Way You're over right. my head. Yeah, he hang on a minute. So that is his best song? No, because I've never heard of it. What's his best song,
0: Jack? Um, uh, She Don't Know She's Beautiful. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's the
4: correct answer? Yep. It's good One, to know. 149. I didn't know that he that that's oh, all. Sammy. January 30th is the born day of Delta O'Neal. He's 47. Delta 80. is a guy.
0: Yeah, eighty grade name there. Um Delta O'Neill. Wasn't he a football player? Yes, he was. Yes, very good. Bangle, maybe?
4: I'm trying to envision, I'm trying to picture Delta O'Neal. I feel like he was a defensive lineman, but that's about all I can come up good with. Good name. Draft Day was on yesterday. Did you watch Ugh, it? He was a cornerback. No. God, I'll corner? never watch that movie. Corner? Corner, okay. It you re- talking about D-E-L-T-H-A? D- uh-huh. That's him.
3: Nine years as a corner as a bangle. Oh, well, not all Jack nine got years, the part, right. I see him as a Bengal, two-time All-Pro. Also, was a Bronco. He was drafted by the Broncos, and then
4: he had his final year with the Patriots. That was way off. Sharon Wright, fifty-one. Um. S h a r o n e, male. Sharon. Sharon Wright.
0: However you like. Man, I'll guess basketball. Yeah, that's right. Okay.
4: Raptor. Same day, same year. Also 51. Jalen Rose.
0: Oh. Yeah. Fab Five, Wolverine. Um, Raptor.
4: Is he praying somebody scores
0: 82? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, somebody should in current day NBA. It's pretty ridiculous that we're getting guys this. Of course. You shoot 55 free throws a game. You can easily get 82. In fact, Embiid had 70-something in 35 minutes. Are you kidding me? 73 the other day. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of – I'm surprised James Harden never got 82 in his prime. Yeah, that's a good point. He gets 60 free throws a game.
4: And a crap ton of threes. Yeah. All he does is shoot threes and get to the free throw line in his his better days. Do you want an 80-grade name? I'll take it. Different sport, Kimmo von Olhoffen, oh. 53.
0: Uh God bless you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where was he born? Uh Kanakakai, Hawaii. Oh no. Um, I'll go football. what you said? Yes. Did you say? Okay, good. Yeah, can't remember Defensive if you said big tackle. four or not.
4: Yeah, I didn't. What was Kimo the nickname, von Ohlhofen. I don't know. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I thought you said he had a nickname. How do you spell his name? K-I-M-O. That's his first name. K-I-M-O? Uh-huh. And then Vaughn. Vaughn Olhoffen. Vaughn Olhoffen, yeah. i
3: trying to see if he had a nickname.
4: No shot. Kimo uh, would be it. <laughs> Big guy, maybe. I'm looking. A defensive tackle. Yeah, it's Big just guy. Kimo. Yeah.
3: There's nothing there. Although he is well known for the Carson Palmer injury. Apparently. He was involved. He, it? he was involved in a controversial hit on Carson Palmer. Ah, your former Steeler then. That occurred on the Bengals' second play from scrimmage and knocked Palmer out of the game with a severe knee injury. Mm-hmm. Came off a block, rolled in the Palmer's left knee after Palmer released a pass 66 yards downfield. I remember that play. Yeah. Injury the Palmer was severe. ACL, PCL, MCL—all ligament torn. that he
4: had in his knee. Oh God! Blackout—a yep. yep. knee blackout. Ooh! Bingo. Need triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born on the State of the Dead. I remember where I was. We've talked about this. There's no way you don't get this. Payne Stewart.
0: Yeah, wasn't it a, a helicopter plane crash? Golfer. It was a plane, yeah. Plane crash, plane, yeah.
4: Plane crash. Went off, uh, went off course and got up to like 50,000 feet in the air because everybody passed out and crashed in a field in South Dakota, I think. Very sad, died in 1999. Uh, born on this day, still with us, turning 69. Curtis Strange. <laughs> you look at me even <laughs> I before know.
3: saying that.
0: Um, not Big Four. Where where'd he born?
4: Norfolk, Virginia.
0: Uh, that didn't help. No, it didn't. Help. Um, that doesn't scream basketball
4: to you? Come on, non Big Four. Non Big Four. <laughs>
0: Oh. Try to trick him. How many Olympians would come from Norfolk, Virginia? Not this one. Oh. Tennis or golf, probably. Yep. lean golf? Yep. (laughs) Okay.
4: Two-time U.S. Open winner and uh, golf analyst now. I don't know if he is anymore, but he used to be. Curtis Strange. Davey Johnson, 81.
0: Uh, former manager of the Nationals,
4: mm, Mets, Orioles, four-time All-Star as a player, Boris Spassky, eighty-seven, non-big four.
0: No way, oh, Dad was gonna say no way. That's not a hockey player, but we'll pivot. Uh, Olympian of some sort, long-distance runner.
4: No, world champion chess player. <laughs>
0: So yeah, give, giving you, giving you the birds right now yeah. through this microphone, well, giving you the birds, double I birds. saw a TikTok hey, Sammy, where there was a
3: guy who was <laughs> playing three different chess boards, playing blindfolded, Whoa. and he beat all three. That's fake. There's no Come way Come on, real. now.
0: That's fake. Blindfolded. Fake. You can stage that easily. It's not real. Boo.
4: Just because you don't know how to play chess? I don't know how to play chess. Jack, oh, okay. Apparently, Jack hates chess players.
3: You probably, know. Mark that down.
0: Blindfold, you can see through that. No way. And it's, also, it's all staged. Get the clicks, get the views, skyrocket. Someone, someone
4: beat Jack and Chess. He think, has never think let a go. Harry Houdini had us all buffaloed too? We'll never know. Or did he really <laughs> get out of those barrels? I never heard that
0: phrase before. <laughs> <laughs> you old timer.
4: Who's the weird, who's the creep? Chris Angel. Who's the dude? Mind freak. Chris Angel. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Get out of here. All right, I
4: will. But don't you guys and gals stick around because Pulse is next.
2: new sports leader, ESPN
1: Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.